Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good day, everyone, and welcome to All Talk with uh, Jason, Mike, and from on behalf of Mike and uh, myself, we hope you're doing well out there. And I just want to take a little moment, if I can, Mike, right off the bat here to say thank you to all the people that have responded to our podcast. We really made a plea last week, didn't we, to, mm. to say to our listeners, you know, give us a star rating, give us some comments. Uh, to be on, uh, honest with you, some of it's been absolutely brutal, but as we said at the time, we'll take everything we can get at this at this moment, that's right. So some of you out there, have, um, I really feel like you're part of the uh, all talk team. Um, you've taken our our request uh, to heart, and you've really delivered. Others out there, you know, you haven't done anything. You're still taking. Yes, you know, here we are giving oh, look, advice, say, and you're busy taking. Yeah, I'd say ninety eight percent of our listeners are still taking at the moment. Yeah. Um, so if we can maybe get those numbers down to about only 70% of our listeners just taking the entire time and sucking us dry, yeah. we'd be really happy with that if we had 30% of respondents. Totally. And the weird thing is that the people that refuse to you know, go to wherever they get their podcasts, uh, write a review, give a five-star review, and then write a review and, and, and subscribe, are the same people that are sending us the letter's asking for advice. Yeah. So you want us to do something for uh, for you, but you're not willing to do anything for us. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's starting to grate, I'll be honest. Oh, look, you know, and I'll be honest with people, when you came in here today, you were gnashing your teeth a little bit. There was there was that sort of fixed look in your eye yeah. and you were sort of grinding your teeth. And I thought, well, what's going on there? And it was exactly what you just said. Yeah. You said, you know, all these people that are asking our advice are the same people that aren't giving us a rating. That's right. And I feel used and slightly abused That's by right, that. because we give and we give and we give. Yes. Uh, and we don't ask for anything in return except a five-star review, um, write a review and subscribe. Yeah. And you can't even do that. So I sort of feel like, well, here's some advice for you. Um, write a review, give us a five-star review and subscribe. In fact, what we'll do is we'll just take 10 seconds right now to let you do that, shall we? Yep. It's really easy. You could have done it by now. You could have, you know, this reminds me. You could actually, have started off this podcast by doing it while you were listening to the podcast. When you opened it, you could have been doing it. And this yeah. reminds me, actually, you know, you were on the couch last night, me and the missus, and we're watching um, The Sopranos. Yeah. in the sixth season now. Are you still still with that, are you? Um, well, yeah, I'm re-watching it, actually, because um, she'd not seen it before, and uh, so we're, we're, we're nearly there. We're nearly finished it. But um, we're lying on the couch. Oh, it would be nice to have some lollies. And um, and she's like, well, you go. And I'm like, well, no, I'm in my pyjamas. You go. Right. And, um, oh, and she's yeah, like, oh, that. well, you go. And now, before, I didn't even want any lollies. But now that we've st- started talking about lollies and ice cream and chips and ciggies, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I could go for all of those, actually. That'd be that'd be lovely. And uh, But she's refusing to go. It's like, well, why'd you bring it up? And she goes, well, it'll be quite nice. I said, well, I can't go. I'm, I'm in my pyjamas. Right. She said, well, she can't go because she's naked. 
Yeah, I see the problem. But she could there. put on her clothes and go. Right. It's easier for her to put on put clothes. Put something from on as opposed to you taking, taking yours off and then putting something on. Thank you. Yeah. But that, she doesn't, also, she doesn't like it when I go to the shop in my pajamas. Mm. Isn't it extraordinary, in all honesty, the amount of people. Like, I see people wandering around the supermarket in their 90s. Yeah. What's going on there, Mike? Is it, They've had, obviously, the same conversation you and your wife have had. Yeah. Uh, and they've just gone, bugger it. I'm just going, I'm not going to go and get changed. I'm just going to go in my 90. Well, they've given up. Yes. And, you know, um, if they had have sent an email in to all talk with Jason, Mike, and said, should I wear my 90 to the supermarket? You know, we would have said, well, it depends what supermarket. Yeah. You know, you can't wear that sort of thing to Pharaoh's. No, they won't let you through the door. But you can at Pack and Save. You can do it at Pack and Save. You know, I mean, that's quite an interesting issue just off the bat there because I've got a favourite pair of trackies. Mm. You know, the covered in stains and holes, holes and stuff. And got you the know ash, what I mean? Cigarette ash yeah, cigarette ash all over them and stuff. And I used to be, you know, reticent about going out on those because I thought it sent a bad image. Now I couldn't give two shits. No. I often go and do my shopping in my in my holy, ratty, stinky uh, trackies. Which you also sleep in. Which I do sleep in, Which yeah. are pyjamas then. Well, te- I guess you could say technically they are pyjamas. They're more a symbol of my laziness. Yeah, exactly. And that's what it is for me as well. And I sort of um, I sort of justify it to myself when I do go up to the um, the service station up the road there because it's only a few hundred metres away, obviously. Do I, you walk there or do you drive I was just going to say, mm. I drive. Yeah. And I remember I used to be disgusted when I'd hear reports back from the, the United States of America that people would drive two blocks uh, to go to the store. And I thought, lazy. Yeah. But then I got a car and it's, God, it's faster, isn't it? It's so much easier. You can listen it? to music and, uh, you know, it's it's easier to avoid uh, judging eyes when you're wearing your pyjamas and your yeah. boots, which I always am now when I go up there. And, uh, you know, they always think it's quite funny when I walk in there in, in my pyjamas. Do you have slippers? Uh, um, I've got Ugg boots, yeah. Ugg boots, yeah. Okay. Oh, no, that's not so bad. Slippers are terrible. But, well, but and, my Ugg boots are covered in coffee stains. Oh, are they? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, in fairness uh, to you, though, Mike, because I, I know exactly where you live now, uh, <laughs> and in fairness to you, the the shop is all uphill from your house. It is, yeah. <clears throat> and so, I mean, I think that's perfectly legitimate to say, okay, well, let's just I'll stay in my jammies, get in the car, get up. It's all done in five minutes, done yeah. and dusted. You've got your lollies, you've got your durries, you've yeah. got what you need to get through the night. That's right. Well, the problem that I've got, of course, is, and I think this is why my wife sort of isn't huge on me going up there in my PJ. She sort of thinks it's an embarrassment to us as a family, um, is because I wear those stripy pajamas. You know, you know, yeah, very stripy. Very much you see them and you go, well, they're not pants, they're definitely. Pajamas, because the only yeah. time those stripes are used are, are for pajama longs. Um, but they've got the um, the button fly at the front. Right, I was just and about the, to ask you about and that. The buttons, I don't know what happened to the button, but that came off yes. pretty, pretty quick. Um, and of course, I don't wear underwear underneath there because I don't. You know, you don't wear underwear, do you? Underneath your pajamas. Oh, look, I don't. I don't wear anything when I go to bed, apart from my trackies. Yeah, uh, and I don't wear underwear under my trackies either. Yeah, so um, she wasn't. You know, a big fan of me wearing those up to the shop, given the kind of wardrobe malfunctions that can happen. Yeah. Um. So we've sort of reached a middle, uh, you know, happy middle ground where I'll I put I wear them backwards. Um. So now what I've got on the front is uh, a pocket, which would normally be on my right batok. Yes. Um. And round the back, I've got a gaping hole. Yeah. So you've got you've got a crack in the crack. Yeah, that's right. But what's happened now is because I'm not even wearing my clothes the right way around. Um, when I do go up there, um, people call, um, you know, mental health services. 
I was going to say, because that's a hell of an image, because not only are you wearing your pyjamas to the shop, you're actually wearing them back to front. Uh, yeah. And that really does send out a pretty clear mes- message about where you're at spiritually, emotionally, <laughs> and physically, probably. That's right. Um, you know, so... Yeah, it is. I mean, to me, it's uh, it's something that I'll continue to do, but it doesn't scream out to people that you are in a great place in your life. Well, that was the other thing when you came in today. You know, I was talking about the fact you're angry and you're wearing your pajama pants. And you know, I talked to you last week, Mike, about the fact that you wore shorts, which I'm not a big fan of. Yeah, I think when you're a serious professional, you've got to wear proper clothing. Uh, so when I saw you today with that grimace on your face, walking in with your pyjama pants back to front, I did worry a little bit about what this podcast was going to become. Well, that was part of my anger is because my wife um, has got a hold of uh, my pyjama pants. You know, that's the other thing she does is she loves to wash them. Yeah. Well, why would you do that? It, Can I just ask, did you wear those pyjama pants on the ferry? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, good. Uh, but what she's done is not only has she washed them, which I hate, um, I, I think every stain on them um, tells a story. Yeah. Um, she's also sewing up my back door. Right. Okay. Um, without asking. Um, so, yeah, I find that annoying anyway. But that's, you know, that's neither here nor there. But that has contributed to my, my, my mood today. Absolutely. Hey, listen, um, we've got a lot to get through because some of you have actually made the effort. Well, yeah, but we did have some complaints last week, didn't we, that um, the episode was was slightly shorter. Yeah. Um, so what the people um, are asking for that haven't written a review, haven't given us a five-star review and haven't subscribed, those people are calling out for longer episodes. So they want us to give more. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see what we can do. But they've got to play the game as well, don't they? Yeah. Um, should we get into a bit of – what sort of chat would we call this, Mike? Well, I think it's a relationship issue. Yeah, relationship chat. All right. I think she's cheating on me. It's relationship advice with Jace and Mike. Hey guys, loving the pod and I really need your help. I have very hairy flatmates and I'm sick and tired of having to deal with coagulated balls of hair blocking the shower drain and scouring myself with pubic hair infested bars of soap. It disgusts me obviously so your advice would be greatly appreciated. Yeah. Um, that's uh, from Randy from the West Coast. Uh, look, I know what I've learned about you, Mike, apart from your nighttime attire, is actually you're a very meticulous person, aren't you? I am. Uh, and I remember you you went and stayed down in Wellington recently and, and you were talking about your horror with regards to the shower that you in the place that you moved into down there. That's right. Uh, your absolute rage at finding tufts of hair, you know, wedged in the corner of the shower. And I know that's a big issue for you. It is. It is. It does. It Well, well I mean, I think it's, I would hope it would be an issue for everyone. I mean, we went down, um, you know, I had some work down there, so we, we got ourselves an Airbnb. Right, yep. You know, God, didn't it look great on Airbnb there? Um, you know, it said you got, number one, it said you got the whole house, you know, which I need. I don't want to, you know, share a room with some idiot I've got to talk to or yeah. nice person. I just don't want to talk to anybody. Um, I don't want to hear somebody banging around through the walls. Um, well, making love, as we talked about, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't mind that so much, but well, I, I know mean, what you're saying. If I'm going to hear anything, I want to hear that. Yeah, you want to hear making love. That's right. Um, but if you can't guarantee that, then I'd rather hear nothing. Um, so then we turn up there, and it's a house. Good. Um, but they've they've cut off the downstairs. They've sort of boarded up the steps that go, in, the interior steps that go down to the bottom floor, and that's now a separate flat. 
and there's some guy down there. I thought he was watching the longest movie in the world, the longest, you know, sort of Arnold Schwarzenegger movie or some kind of action flick. But it was turns out he was playing Call of Duty or something, twenty four seven. Oh, great! So I had to listen to that the whole time. There's cobwebs everywhere, mm-hmm. and then I go into the shower, and as I'm having a shower, you know, the water starts rising in the shower. Yeah, I know what you're saying. And when the water starts arising, I know that there's a problem underneath in that hole. Yes, in the drainage system. That's right. So I have to grab the plug and then you lift it up and there's, you know, essentially a wig. You know I mean? The the obvious thing that springs to mind is Cousin It. And it's like he's holding on to the bottom underside of that for dear life. Yes. I don't know how long it takes to accumulate, but it doesn't take long to get rid of it. Now, if you're renting your place out as a business, as these people were, Get your cleaners in there, get rid of the cobwebs, and clean the fucking shower. Yeah, well, there's nothing quite as grody as lifting that drain up. And as you say, you've got a wig there because everything sort of coagulates together. You've got your soap. Yeah. Who knows what other what other liquids and, and things have permeated that wig? Yeah. That's a true story. I actually um, had a flatmate many, many years ago. And he actually had a, a, a medical condition. He had a molting pubis. Uh, and so, you know, we, we, that, was a, that was a situation where you would go into the shower and we're talking pubic hair everywhere. You could have gathered that baby up and, and, and formed a scouring pad. You know oh. what I mean? Like those steel pads. And in fact, you did. In fact, we did because it just got to the point where, well, we've got to make some use out of it. Every single morning... It was like showering, it, and, and the shower had carpet on the bottom of it. You right. know what I'm saying? It was disgusting. That is disgusting. How mm. old were you? Oh, I think I was about 21. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is a funny thing, and it's, you know, when I was, I grew up in Levin, and uh, a mate of mine was in a, in a band, Filthy Business they were called, and they were one of the top covers bands. Oh, the, I think I've heard that name before, Filthy lower, Business. No, you wouldn't have. Oh, okay. Uh, in the lower North Island. And their um, their bass player, I think it was their bass player, I won't name him, um, you know, when they'd go and they'd tour to, say, New Plymouth and they'd stay with somebody, a mate or something like that, he would put as many pubic hairs as he possibly could on the soap yeah. before he left. Now, you know, there's many crimes in the world, but I think he should have been taken out the back and shot for that. Yeah, I look, I... Now, they thought it was funny. That's not funny to me. Well, you know... <laughs> I, I, I look back on that time now and, you know, you, you would. You'd wash your face with a bar of soap and stuff and you'd come out looking like you'd been attacked by a cat in the night. You know what I mean? There was just these sort of wiry, thin, razor-thin cut marks all over your face because, as this guy has said, the, the bars of soap, they do get infested with those pubic hairs. That's right. Uh, and they're very hardy hairs, those pubic hairs. They're difficult hairs. to shift off a soap because they sort of dig in, don't they? And, mm. and you're left in a very difficult situation where, you know, you go in there, you're staying at a, at a friend's house or perhaps it's a, um, uh, you've gone away on holiday with some other couples or whatever it might be, but you go in there and there's there's pubes on the soap. Yeah. And now my initial instinct, well, I was, oh, well I'm not using the soap. Yeah, I'm just not going to. Mm. But then the problem is somebody's going to have a shower after you, and their assumption is that you're the one that's left the pubic hair on the soap. Yeah, not unlike when you go to the toilet and somebody's yes. dropped an absolute bomb in there, a huge grogan, and you go in there to urinate and you come out and so and you have to either explain or not. Yeah, that no, you weren't responsible for it. And um, 
it's just a very tricky social situation to try and navigate. That's right. Um, and so what I do is um, I throw the soap out the window. Yeah. Well, look, I can understand you doing that because you're right. It is a dilemma, isn't it? It because, is. Because you make the decision personally. There's no way I'm using that pubic infested bar of soap. Yes. Not, not a chance. Yeah. Uh, but then you suddenly realise, oh, my God, there's going to be people having a shower after, after me. me. And they're going to think that that's my pubis in that's there. That's right. And you then know? you start thinking, well, do I clean this pubic hair off the soap to avoid that conversation? Because I don't want to go out there and start talking about pubic hair to you know people that may or may not be practically strangers. Well, you know, I, I had the dilemma because I would actually clean the soap. I would scrape the soap. Right. But then you've got... With your teeth, though. Well, no. Was that yeah, necessary? No, well, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd get the, we had some kind of implement in there. Somebody's some, toothbrush. Some sort of toothbrush or scraper. But then you've got the situation where you've got a handful of soapy pubes in your hands. I mean, what are you supposed to do with those? Well, you I stuff guess, it down the plug. Well, right? I guess you do. You just let them, you let them run down the drain. But isn't that an interesting... Because it is a real issue. Like you're talking about someone's dropped a bomb in the toilet. Yeah. I mean, it is an issue because you go... I've been in situations where you go, oh, my God, you know, who the hell? And to the point where it's so bad that you don't go to the toilet because you don't want to take the chance of taking responsibility exactly. for the absolute atrocity That's that right. has gone on beforehand. That's right. And the worst-case scenario is you leave the bathroom while somebody else is going in. Now, do you say something? Yes. Or do you just not say anything and torture yourself the rest of your life? knowing that they think that you did that. Yeah. Of course, another great thing that I like to do is to drop a bomb. Right. And then to quickly escape. Yeah. And then know that I'm putting that burden on somebody else's shoulders. I had a mate, uh, true story this, and he used to just come around visiting all the day. He used to go and visit his, us mates all the time from a, around the city and stuff. The only time, he, the only reason he came to visit us was specifically to drop a bomb in right. our toilets. Yeah, he didn't. He would literally go, "G'day, mate. How you go? Oh, g'day, man. Come in. Go. Do you mind if I borrow your toilet? No, go for it, mate. He'd drop a bomb and just leave again. Right. Uh, and he did that to everyone. So it got to the point where we just banned him from that from the flat. It's we not a bad technique, though. Credit where credit's due. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. Um, it is difficult as well, though, isn't it? When you go to the bathroom, perhaps things haven't gone as well as you'd hoped, and there's no toilet brush. Yeah. Well, you see, now, I have an issue with toilet brushes. Right. You know, because you've got the detritus of, of, of your remains, presumably, in the toilet. Then you get a brush, right, and you're scrubbing it. And then what do you do with that brush? You put it back in the little... Yeah. I mean, and it's, well, you can't tell me, Mike, that that toilet brush is clean. Oh, no, the toilet brush isn't clean. I mean, it's, it's got... That's as bad as the hair in the sink. Well, yeah, it's. I mean, it's the appearance of cleanliness that we're after, though, isn't it? So right. you hide that around the back of the toilet, and it's got, you know, it might have remnants from, from poos of 100 years ago might it, still be on there. Indeed. Yeah, and you never... You never clean a toilet brush, do you? Well, that's you, my point. You yeah. replace a toilet brush. Yeah, you just get rid of. Yeah, that's you right. You know, when it's no longer scraping anymore, it's just like a it's like a a, a block. Yeah, uh, you just need to get rid of it. And a horrible situation to be in is when you're scrubbing, and those the uh, the brushy parts flick. The bristles, yeah, flick at you. Yeah, and you can feel a little bit of oh, I got a bit of uh, shrapnel. Yes, come my way. But if if you've been in the situation where there is no toilet brush, what what's your approach? Oh, look, I just get out of there as quickly as I can. Right, and then what I'll do is I'll I'll come back to the toilet. Right, you know, maybe thirty minutes later, and and make sure that everyone can hear me. And go, what the bloody hell? Are, can someone please make sure they you know and, yeah. and make a big scene of it? Yeah. 
Well, that's that's um, a similar thing to what I do, um, except I'll actually do it immediately. Um, and I all I do is I put the toilet seat up, right, when I leave. Yes. And I walk out and if somebody's there, I was like, God, the last guy. So people will see that the toilet seat's up, assume that I've gone for number ones. Yes. And, I, and I'm in the clear. Yeah. Well, there's all sorts of ways of um, of dealing with it. But, yeah, it is a tricky question, and, and uh, hopefully we've given you some... Well, another thing that I do is I fill the toilet up with toilet paper and I flush it yeah. and, I, and I flood the whole house. Uh, and then people aren't so worried about the state of the toilet because, you know, the carpet's ruined. There's, there's nothing quite as terrifying, is there, as you've, you've had said horrendous atrocity in the toilet and you try and cover it up with the, you know, the toilet paper to, to sort of dampen the chaos of it. And then you flush that toilet and it just slowly, everything rises slowly yeah. to the top of the toilet. Yeah. Terrifying yeah, stuff. It is. It is heart in the mouth stuff. But in terms of advice about um, coagulated balls of hair blocking the shower drain because you've got very hairy flatmates, it's a tough one. You've either got to move out. Yeah. Um, that's an option. Um, alternatively. Well, can I just add as a note, side note to this? He did actually mention, which I didn't read out. He doesn't want to kick them out because they're both very good cooks. Mm. Um, so, you know, he, he doesn't mind them as flatmates. It's just the hair scenario. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, yeah, you've got to keep them there. Well, they've actually got a hair-removing cream that you can use now. Okay. It's called, um, I think it's called NADS. Um, and what you can do there is, and I, in a flat flatting situation, I always had the problem where my flatmates were always using my body gels, right, my, yeah. my shampoo, my all of that sort of stuff was getting used. So what you can do is you can use that to your advantage if that's the situation you find yourself in and, and fill um, you know, your very expensive body wash up with uh, this NAD stuff um, and then you'll find that this stuff, uh, their hair, your flatmate's hair is, is chemically removed at the roots. Yeah. Um, now that will mean that there's a hell of a lot of hair in, in the shower drain initially. Uh, but then you should have about probably six to eight weeks where, where you're good as gold. Yeah, great, really great advice, Mike. The only thing I'd add to that potentially is what you could suggest to you to your flatmates is that you uh, tell them to get an oven glove mm-hmm. or uh, uh, something of, of similar ilk, uh, and that they before they go into the shower they maybe go outside and just give themselves a bit of a brush down yeah. as you would as you would like a, a pet, for example, yeah. that was molting, just brush themselves down with an oven glove just to get the excess hair out yeah. before they actually get into the shower. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you've had a conversation with these guys and they don't want to help you out because it's, they don't really see it as your problem. Because when you're in a flatting situation, it really depends on, you know, how bad things get depends on the lowest threshold of, of whoever's got the lowest threshold. That was always the way with the dishes, wasn't it? Yes. It's like you just leave it until, you know, that's normally why you get a female in because they're generally cleaner uh, because their threshold for filth was lower and therefore they'd do the dishes for you before you did. Yeah. Um, and so that's what these guys are dealing with. They know your threshold for um, a flooding shower as a result of their, you know, their, their pubes falling out is lower and you're having to clean out the, uh, the shower there. So, yeah, maybe... You, Get a woman in. Yeah, advertise for some more flatmates would be my suggestion. Mind you, having said that, you know, I've got four daughters and and they're very long-haired and stuff. God, I've got bloody hair everywhere. So right. You know what I mean? You could, you could inadvertently shoot yourself in the foot there. 
Oh, yeah, it could backfire. It could backfire badly on you, Mike. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, but, no, I think that's good advice, mate. Very good advice. Mm. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now this one, um, I guess will come under the title of acting chat. Acting. Cut! Let's go again, please, one more time. Jason Mike bring you acting chat. Now, Mike, we received this, and I'll be honest with you, mate, I'm a little bit loath to read it. No. Um, but I think it's important that we do. It says, hey, fellas, great work with the podcast. I think it's neat. Mm. I recently went to Armageddon with my son, who was a huge fan of Officer Minogue. Armage- Armageddon. So Armageddon sort of like a... Uh, yes, explain that, would you? It's like a comic con. Um, it's sort of a pop... What do you call it? A, it's a festival where people go that are fans of sort of films and, and, and dress-ups. Uh, cosplay. Cosplay. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right, and all that sort of carry on, yeah. Okay, great stuff. Um, I recently went to Armageddon with my son, who is a huge fan of Officer Minogue, yourself, of course, Mike. We heard he was going to be there, so it was our hope we could get a photo with him. I can tell you Tom was beside himself, Tom being her son. Uh, Mike was there, but you can imagine our horror when we discovered it would cost us $60 to get a photo with Mike, no exceptions. Mm. I'm a poor solo mum working three jobs, but there was no way I could afford that. Tom was gutted. Any chance, Mike, you could send Tom a pic? It would mean everything to him, particularly given his father died just two years ago. Fingers crossed. Pam. Yeah, well, the short Four. answer is no, Pam. Um, and it's, you know, it's tricky, isn't it? Um, I was at Armageddon. We we go to a lot of these things, and um, God, it was huge. It's eh? Officer M- uh, Mike Minogue from uh, Officer Kyle uh, Minogue, Kyle Minogue from, from Wellington Paranormal. Yes, um, with uh, Officer O'Leary, played by Karen O'Leary. And we've been to a few of these things over the mm. past couple of years, and it's just fantastic because you get. Can to, I can I just stop you there? Is it is it, is it sort of a place where freaks hang out? Uh, we just call it a freak fest. Uh, no, well, I mean, it depends how you sort of you know measure freakiness. It's, okay. it's a place for like-minded individuals to go and uh, to share, discuss, uh, and enjoy um, you know a common pastime. Now, is it is it rugby or cricket or you know? I mean, all of these things are fairly aimless and pointless at the end of the day, but it's harmless, yes, by and large. Um, which I might get to later on. It's not always harmless, um, but it was rammed, man. It was, it was, uh, you know. There's, I think there's thirty thousand people there on the Friday. Wow, um, which is a lot. And the the dress ups, it's it's it is really amazing. And this time they were really limited. Traditionally, they have people from all over the world that will turn up. 
couple of years ago, they had um, Christopher Lloyd from uh, Back to the Future. Oh, was wow. There. Is he still alive, is he? Uh, well, he was then. I don't know if he is now. Yes. And all sorts of, you know, um, big name internationals that come out and do signings and, can I say, get paid significant sums of money. Yeah. And I'm talking six figures. You know, not necessarily at this one, but I know in Australia they had um, Frodo over there and it cost them about a quarter of a million dollars or something. Wow. was the rumour. Um, we're not on that. Um, <laughs> Are you um, telling me that they didn't pay you a quarter <laughs> of a million dollars, Mike, to go to Armageddon? Um, I mean, it was you know, it was the it was the low six figures. It wasn't as high as that. But you go along there, and what you do is you get behind a table, and the queues form um, away. And just to sort of get back to my point there about the international guests, there were no international guests this time around because of COVID. Nobody could make it. So everything was, all the internationals were done via Zoom. Um, so we're sort of sitting behind a table and the, the queues form. Round the corner, I imagine. Um, <laughs> they're not as long as they might be. Yeah. And uh, and then they, they have to buy a token and then they come over and they see you. Now, when we first did it in Wellington, there was, there was, a lot of people that came and saw us, which was great. And then we went to Christchurch, and then we went to Tauranga. And when we went to Tauranga, um, we literally had four people over the course of three days <laughs> come over and want our signature. And uh, actually, one of them came over and goes, "Oh, can I get a uh, can I get a photo?" And we're like, "Yeah, I'll, you have to you have to um, get a token, buy a token over there, and come over." And he goes, "Oh, oh, yeah." I'll, I'll go get one. And then we watched him as he sort of walked over there and then did a big sort of curve and then <laughs> we could still see him walk the opposite direction against the back wall. So anyway, he didn't make it. But, you know, you get to have this one-on-one time with your fans. And, Jase, you must have had this as well because um, I'm sure in previous years they've had a broken wood No, I, I can honestly mysteries. say I've actually, you know, because I used to do a lot of Hercules and Xena and Young Hercules. Yeah, um, and you're also in What We Do in the Shadows. What We Do in the Shadows. And I and, and we used to hear about all the time um, these conferences that used to happen in the States, for example, yeah. for Xena and, and Hercules, which used to be huge shows back yeah. in the day. And literally, actors from New Zealand would f- be flown over to the States, they'd turn up to these conferences, and they would be handed a wadge of cash. Yeah. They would literally be given an envelope packed with cash and then that all they'd have to do is sit on the stage yeah. and answer questions from the fans. That's yeah. all they had to do. That's and then, right. And then they were free. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And I remember a good friend of mine, um, he said, they're really unusual. And he went to one um, and he was sitting in the front row and it was for Xena Warrior Princess. And he said he looked down in the front row and he looked and he saw this guy who was probably 20 stone dressed as Xena Warrior Princess. And he just went, oh, my God, what have I got myself in for here? But they're very lucrative. But I myself, Mike, um, have never done one. Right. Never done one. I I, I I have sort of professional pride. And, you know, as we're doing Moon TV and all that sort of stuff, we're taking pickies all the time. People go, yeah, you can do a selfie, Jase. Yeah, of course. I mean, I wouldn't think to charge. No, I can go, well, no, sorry. Go and buy a token, thanks very much. That's 60 bucks. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's outrageous. Well, look, mate, 
Um, and poor little Tom. I mean, his father died two years previous. His mum's a solo mum. She works three jobs. She turns up. You're her, his hero. Mm. And poor little Tom can't get a bloody photo of you. Well, it's supply and demand, mate, isn't it? And, um, you know, we've got, a, we've got a contract in place. You speak about professional pride. I've signed a contract whereby we are paid a, a fee. And uh, and then Armageddon charges out our photos for seventy dollars. Oh, it's seventy, is it? Seventy dollars a pop. And uh, if you want a signed um, picture, that's sixty dollars. Now we're in character as well. I'd like you to know that I'm I'm not dressed as as myself. I'm I'm wearing the. So full... you haven't turned up there in your jammy pants. No. Then. Okay. <laughs> I'm in my full uniform there, and um, so we get out there now. Not everybody can afford it, but I just say to Tom. The best things in life aren't always free. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, so if if it was free, then how much value would Tom pay, place on that young Tom? You know, what about if he he knows now that this you know this um, photograph is going to cost him seventy dollars, or a, a signed piece of paper is going to cost him sixty dollars? So is it just a he piece knows of, is it just a piece of no, paper? It's a, is it? it's a photograph. Oh, it's a photograph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So he knows that now. So he can spend the next twelve months saving up. Sure. And when he comes back next year, and we've put the price up by 20 bucks, he can spend the next year saving up some more. And then when he finally gets it, it's going to have some value. You need to work for these things, Pam. Um, as you know, you know, working three jobs, um, you know, you just got more satisfaction uh, through putting in a hard day's yakka. Mm. Um, and so I think for him, you know, it would have been easy for me to give it to him for free. So what you're in essence saying, Mike, is you did this for Tom. Well, you, of course you, I did. You, you, it would have been very easy for you, of course, to have snuck away and gone with Pam and Tom and, and taken a quick selfie, for example. That's right. But you actually wanted to send out a better message than that. Well, he hasn't got a father, mate. <coughs> I mean, it says here at the end that his father's dead. Yeah, well, two years previous, yeah, apparently. So stone cold. So, so you were saying that you were trying and attempting to be a father-like figure to A father him. figure, that's yeah, right. Okay. So, you know, you, you you need to set an example um, to these kids um, that you have to work for what you want for. You don't just get handouts. Now, millennials these days want handouts. They want everything and they want it now. But that's not how the real world works. So when you come down to Armageddon, you better bring your hard-folding stuff, Tom. Yeah. All right? Because if you want to impress your mates uh, with a photo with me and Officer O'Leary, that's what's gonna, what it's going to take. And, you know, Pam, it's very easy for you to put the ball in my court and say, oh, why don't you work for nothing? Well, do you work for nothing, Pam? Yeah, fair point. You're working three jobs. Maybe you can work four. And what are you doing down here anyway, taking a day off? You know, you've got a kid here. That is sixty dollars short. You could have got somebody else to bring him along mm. while you worked. You know, Mike. When I initially read this this particular email, I I I thought poorly of you. But now that you've explained yourself, you know, in a caring and thoughtful way, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think you make a really great point. And I think Tom, you know, take this fatherly advice. You know, work hard yep. to achieve what you want to achieve. And, Pam, stop playing the victim so much. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Pam, oh. Oh, I've got three jobs. I'm a solo mum. It's tough. You know, all that sort of stuff. Oh, my but, husband's dead. Yeah, you know, all of that. All of that. Um, you know, allow Mike 
to teach your son to take responsibility for himself. That's right. Mm. Um, you know, and it's... Of all the advice we've given on this podcast so far, I think that's the best advice we've ever given. Yeah, and it's, you know, people do get disappointed. And that is, you know, part of meeting your heroes. Yes. But maybe that's, a, you know, obviously I'm a hero to so many, and, and Tom is one of those. Um, but we had we actually had an instance, and this is this is completely true. We were sitting at the table, um, you know, we'd had probably 10 people go through for autographs, and we, the sessions last for two hours. So that took about 20 minutes because you have a yarn. Generally what happens is they come up for their signatures. They're really excited to meet us, but we just talk the – we talk the ears off them yes. to the point where they, they can't wait to get away. We actually end up with less fans at the end of these weekends than we had going in because we bore them so heavily. Yeah, yeah. So you're actually destroying the dreams of yeah, your fans, that's basically. Right. Yeah. And so... Well, was, what's, who was that person that said, never meet your heroes? Yeah, it was me just before. Oh, was it just you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. somebody, I might have heard that somewhere. But it, what it does is these weekends give uh, Karen and I a good chance to catch up. So we're just sitting there having a yarn uninterrupted for an hour 40. Yes. Um, and on one of the days, a security guard came dashing in, eyes eyes are bulging. And I thought, oh, here's another fan. But he said, can you give us a hand? I said, well, what? Can you give us a hand? Like, I to begin with, I didn't know what he was saying. He had a weird accent. Can you give us a hand? Um, we need help. I need help. Um, and because we were in police uniform, he thought that we were real police just sitting behind a table. Because right, obviously there's nobody there getting signatures. So we just looked like two cops. Actual police people. Yeah, at a table having a coffee and having a yarn. And we said, oh, no, no. No, we're not real police. We can't help you. It's like, oh, well, if you could help us anyway. No. Well, we're here doing this just in case somebody comes along and wants a piece of paper signs. We can't help you out in any way at all. And then he ran off. A couple of minutes passed, and then some another security guard came in from the other direction. Oh, can we get a hand? No, sorry, same thing. You know, well, just out, of, and he ran away. It was obviously pretty urgent, so we we stopped them though because we were curious what's going on. Oh, somebody's shooting heroin up outside in the um, concourse. Crikey. And that that was a true that was a true story. Now, <laughs> I don't know how many times you've had heroin, heroin, um, but I don't know if that's the place for it. Would you Would you shoot up at in the car park at of the Ar- concourse at Armageddon? No, I don't know that I would, Mike. Well, he was leaning up against the um, the hot dog stand, right, waiting for with a, a needle hot dog? with a needle hanging out of his oh, arm. Oh, good God! Jesus. Hey, just on that, I just want to finish off with this because it says. This is kind of a follow-up to this. And I, I, I feel like I already know the answer. And it says, Hi, Mike. My friend Maddie and I are big fans of your work and hunt for the wilder people. And I was wondering if you could possibly take a moment to film a video wishing her a happy 20th birthday. It would mean so much to her, and I would really, really appreciate it. Jackie over the Instagram. Do you want me to answer that? Well, look, I'm going to be honest here, Jace. Um, this feels like one that you've made up. Have you made one up here? Because no, look, I'd hate to get into a situation where you know we start making false, sending, you know, creating false letters for ourselves to answer. We'd never do that, Mike. Well, I'm just a bit suspicious here because my friend Maddie and I are big fans of your work in Hunt for the Wilder People. I'm in that for about ten seconds. That film, right? And I've okay. got about eight words. 
So I don't know what. Well, you clearly made an impression, mate. Well, uh, I'm just like, double checking that you're not making this. Oh no, up. no, no, no! I would never do that. Right. Um. So, what's your answer? Um. And I was wondering if you could possibly take a moment to film a video. God, what a pain in the ass. Um. Wishing her a happy twentieth birthday. It would mean so much to her, and I would really, really appreciate it. Well. Yeah, I mean, my gut says no. Mm-hmm. My gut's telling me no, and I always follow, follow my gut with these sorts of things. The th- the trouble is, um, Jackie, if I do one for you... Every man and his dog is going to be wanting you. Uh, the, yeah. the floodgates open. I get those on Messenger all the time, mate. Right. And like you, my gut just went, says no fucking way. Yeah. Um, but uh, but how, do you ha- how do you handle it? Because I get a few as well. Yeah. And generally, I just delete them or... Mm. Block them or I just pretend like I haven't read them. Right. Yeah. Uh, I find that the best policy. And and if they come back, then I know I've got a bit of an issue. You know, if they come back and they go, and they, oh, what an asshole, you know, and all that sort of stuff. But the problem is that down the bottom there. It shows that you've seen it, yeah. I still haven't figured out a way of, del- of, of that not happening. Um, I guess the complete silence is an answer in and of itself. Yes. You know, if you don't. You don't say anything, but I always because the problem is I don't want to seem like an asshole. Yeah, because really, it's not that much to ask, is it? No, I mean, you well, know, it's like signing the signing the the picture for Tom, wasn't it? it wasn't really that big a deal. You just had to literally sign no. a, a photo. But I know what you're saying. I yeah, you're saying. I mean, yeah, there's a bigger lesson there that Tom will benefit long term from. But in this yeah. case, Maddie, uh, Maddie and Jackie, they're fans. I could do a video. Hey. Hey, Maddie, happy birthday. Hope you have a great one. Glad you liked the movie. You know, that'll take no time at all. Yeah. But I can't be bothered. Yeah, okay. Um, And, you know, this is only one, and these people think of it from the perspective of themselves going, oh, it'll only take them a second. Mm -hmm. But they don't think about all the other people then that I have to do it for. So then it's... Well, it's like the coronavirus, isn't it? And, and, you know, all of Maddie and Jackie's friends will find out that you did that. And they'll think they can do that. That's and it right. just spreads out That's until, right. until you're literally inundated with requests for videos for whatever the, the occasion may be. That's and right. people might not even be honest about that. They might just create scenarios just so you make them a personal video. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what I, I mean? Well, I had a case sort of a couple of years ago where I, you know, you get sort of a little bit, um, I mean, it, it feels flattering, doesn't it, that you've got this newfound fame. Yes. People are actually watching something you've done, which you haven't experienced before, Jason. You know, they recognise you and they're saying, oh, that's that character. And so you, you do start answering them. Um, and then, you know, one leads to another. And then all of a sudden, you know, I remember I got a message saying, oh, you could at least call me on my birthday from my mum. And it's like, well, if I do that yeah, for you. Yeah, then every relative's going to want a bloody Exactly connection. right. Now I've got to start remembering dates. Yes. Um, and it's just... It's a snowball effect, isn't it? So what I'm better off doing is just ignoring all the messages. Yeah. I read them. I want you to know, look, I do read your messages. Yes. But what I do is I just delete them. Nip it in the bud. Yeah, and, and that's the beautiful thing about being on Instagram rather than on the messenger is on the Instagram you can just delete them or block them. Yes. Um, and so they never know whether you've seen them or not. Yeah. Uh, but I want you to know, listeners of the podcast, I have seen them. I'm just ignoring them. But it is tough because I don't want to – S- appear to be an asshole, even though you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I hope uh, that that answers your question, uh, team. It's been a great podcast, Mike. Hey, listen to me. What do people need to do for us, Mike? What do people need to do for our podcast? 
Well, you know, you have to go onto the Instagram. Okay, you've all got it. You go on there, you look up, all talk with Jason Mike. You follow us. You send us a message in a DM. You say, great podcast or, you know, whatever you like. You ask us for a piece of advice. You tell your friends about it. Why don't you share um, this fantastic podcast with your mates? Wherever you watch it, whether it be on iHeartRadio, whether it be Spotify, whether it be Apple. Wherever you listen to it, you mean. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're on those uh, those platforms, you write a review, you give us five stars, and you subscribe to the podcast. And that's it. That's all we're asking. Brilliant. Now, some people might say, Mike, well, you're not prepared to make an effort in signing cards for kids. Yeah. But we want you to make an effort exactly. in terms of the podcast. That's right. But the difference is um, that you're actually getting something out of this. Yes. If I'm signing a photo for, you know, little Tom here, um, you know, if, who's an orphan technically, barring his widowed mother, um, who works three jobs, um, you know, I'm not getting anything out of that. No. But you guys are getting something out of the podcast. So I could sign something um, for little Tom, but he hasn't paid me. Yes. So why would I bother? Yeah. No, fair point. Fair point. So make sure you do that uh, because we love hearing from you. And we love to know that there are people actually listening to this and we're not speaking into a vacuous sort of void, uh, Mike Minogue. Mm. Hey, but anyone, uh, everyone, thanks so much for taking the time uh, and giving us the privilege of your attention. Mm. And we'll be back again next week. Thanks, mate. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.